What, what bullshit speaker were you just listening to? What do you mean? Sounded like you're listening to some real bullshit. I was listening to Oh, What a Night. You know, the hit song, December 1963, Oh, What a Night by Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Yeah, I know who that is. Was, I had the, had the, like, it's all about 70s CDs when I was a kid. No, it sounded like you're listening to someone else. Well, I was looking at our, uh, I was looking at the TikTok, the clip that I put <laughs> up. Look how many views that has. I can't see. It's, you're just holding up a oh. blurry screen. 758, the most, I think the most views I've ever had. Nope, I've had a thousand on one other one. Anyway, dude, so you ready for the report? Uh-huh. I like what you're doing better. I'd rather, <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that. Stretch it out wherever, whenever, why ever you are. I like to relax. My, uh, my bubby told me something interesting a couple days ago. She was describing a new type of yoga she's doing. She called it Tai Chi Chi. I think she meant Tai Chi. Yeah, I wonder what this extra chi variant is. So it was wild because she told, she basically told me what I do. She described for me what I do when I go to the gym. She said it's about moving. It's about watching your body move. So I was thinking about, I was thinking about the purpose of yoga. Yeah, I mean, I guess Tai Chi is not. same place um but i was thinking about how it's it's easy when i'm sitting still like there's there's a reason like i sit down quiet and still um at particular times and it's like it's easier when things around me are quiet and still and there's no movement to sit with or kind of integrate with stillness um and then once I start moving around and doing things in the world, um, it's like there's a much greater chance that I'm going to get pulled into something somehow and kind of get lost in thought or, or something like that um, while I'm going about doing anything really. And it struck me that possibly the purpose of yoga is to train oneself to kind of remain in that stillness while moving the body. Um, like that would be to me the practice like start starting to move and interact in the world while remaining in the conditions that are present when I'm sitting quietly um, alone in a room uh, sitting for meditation or whatever so let's uh, what let's I want to dig into that what are those conditions and what where do you where do you allocate yourself or where do you place yourself in that condition? What do you mean? Where do I place myself? Like, what is it that you're doing while you're sitting that you would be doing while moving? Really, it seems what I'm doing when I'm sitting is just not moving. Um, 
honestly, that, that seems to be it. Maybe I'm not just, I don't know. Um, but like, you know, I can sit outside on the front porch or I can sit like cross-legged on a chair in a quiet room. Um, it doesn't, as long as there's no one trying to like talk to me, basically just sitting still. And that's, that's what I'm interested in examining is what, what about that state of being um like if the idea for tai chi chi is to integrate that into the body's movement through time and space or throughout the day what is it about that state of being that is conditioned or 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 uh, acclimated into maybe it's moving without practicing moving without injecting purpose because when i'm sitting still it's much easier to not do anything. Um, however, when I'm out and about in the world, inevitably you know, I'm drawn into some kind of activity. There's something to do. Um, like the, the idea that there's something to do arises much more easily. Um, I'm going to get really, really, really in depth with this. Yeah. Okay. So from what I've seen, when I'm practicing what you're, what we're describing, this yogic state of being, of of being moved or or, or stillness, where it's almost like the the phrase "going home" or like establishing establishing uh, presence in oneself is is, and and you start to see that everything is occurring on its own: the breath, the body, the trees, the wind, and even thoughts everything's all just arising and you're just witnessing all this when i'm in that state sitting in stillness and i see a thought arise and the body moves almost instantaneously with that thought mm -hmm. in action so like the and i've noticed this like so um, if I'm sitting here for a few minutes and then all of a sudden, uh, I want to go get coffee and it's just like coffee appears and my body gets up instantly. To me, that feels like Tai Chi. There's no thought associated with it. It's, it's, it's a verb. It's an action oriented movement. Now in other times, and this, and this kind of relates to World of Warcraft as well with rolling greed or need on a loot item. Okay, because I have noticed this too while playing. Like there's I, I can instant to me, anytime I have to think about something, like the thought arises and I and, and there's a hesitancy. To me, that's where the practice is. That's where I can start watching and witnessing what is it that I'm trying, trying, quote unquote, trying to get. Like what is it do I think I need in this moment that I may or may not need? Does that make sense? yeah so it's almost like for me the whole practice of yoga the whole practice of experiencing unity and being moved through the through life is 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 limiting the space between thought and action or not limiting but like um i guess making it shorter
I might have a different take. I've noticed that if I'm watching the body, I can, we're just watching what's going on. I can watch a desire appear to like, I need to go inside and get this or, you know, do that, um, do something. And if I'm watching the body, it won't happen. But if my mind slips away for an instant, suddenly I realize I'm already out of the chair going to do that thing um, along the lines of what the, the thought was previously. But so if you, I'm what? So you don't want to think about it? So, so like when you stop thinking about it or stop seeing it, you don't want to get swept away is what you're saying? Um, I'm not sure. No, let's so like if I'm sitting outside and I'm watching myself and I, I watch the thought, um, I need to go inside and I, I don't know, um, do something. Let's see, put some tea water on. Like I want to get tea. If I'm watching that, I won't move or I will eventually but I notice if I slip kind of out of awareness of myself just for a second, immediately the body will be up following that thought. Yeah, yeah. So it seems to occur when I'm not paying attention, the movement does. But when I am paying attention, and no. that's 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 what I feel like I'm getting at. Like I don't want to pay attention. If that make like I don't want to think about life. Uh-huh. Or yeah, cuz like the like we were talking about on the last podcast with my brother in the car watching and spending time around him. I mean that's kind of how I want to be. He is how he feels and how he thinks. And he, at certain times, I mean, there's no way to tell how he is, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, the difference is you want to be like that, but be aware of it at the same time to not... know, to know what you're doing, but not. I, 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 I like, I like, being able to return to what I know. So like having this foundation of, of understanding in stillness, I, I like to know that it's accessible at any time. But I also like to get, like to not think about shit and get, swept away and you know end up wherever like i i guess i guess i'd like to be i'd like to be actualized where there is no thought there's just expression and being so what's the difference between being swept away and there being no distance between action and thought So this is where it gets fe it feel it gets feeling oriented. It's about feeling. Mm 
the the difference is there's a there's a feeling of being moved and a feeling of being lived and and even even deeper an understanding that is inexpressible Because I, I like what we were texting about David Foster Wallace and Jordan Peterson. I don't know if any of this stuff is is really helpful to think about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of this stuff is helpful. It's, it's good to listen to. Like you can listen to it, but I don't necessarily believe it's going to like. It'll crop up if it's meant to crop up like it'll it'll rise or, or 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 seeing will occur if it's meant to be seen other than that it, it's pretty you know it, it, it is whatever i think eventually so yeah there, there's kind of two ends to this there's there's the one kind of thinking and producing these kind of thoughts and then there's the consumer or the listener um you know the listener can casually listen pick up something be entertained or be like oh that's interesting and then go about their business um, but the producer, the thinker is consumed by this. Um, and I think just, you know, if those people are similar and based on my own experience, like if there's not, if I don't ever actually move to internalizing, integrating and being what all these thoughts and insights are pointing to, then one would just go absolutely insane eventually. Like there's not, you can't. Like, it's like this, you know, the stuff being on an intellectual level doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, um, I'll, you know, read some of my old journals sometimes and I'll come across, you know, insights or phrases I wrote um, from, you know, 10 years ago that I thought was a new insight I'd had last week. And no, I'd at some point I, this had already occurred to me and I'd already known this and I already knew it, but there seems to be like, like, I don't know if there was any practical application or understanding or integration 10 years ago. And then back then it was about the thought the phrase, the insight. And now it's about what do I do? Like, how do I approach thinking? How do I approach life? Like, it's not about the insight, but where it was, what is it pointing to? Like, it's, it's not about receiving these pointers and directions, but it's about following them now. Like, where is it? Where is it leading me? Is that, that seems to be the different, like same, same coin, coin of insight, right? One side, it's like worshiping the words and like just knowing the words is enough or like, it's like, cause it's, it's something very deep for the ego to hold on to. That's, it sounds very powerful. Um, 
some kind of insight that arises. If I can hold on to that intellectual thought, oh, I know something, I don't know, I'm going to be saved. I have power now because I know more than I knew before, know more than other people know, et cetera. But then the other side is walking away from that immediately and going to where it's pointing, which inevitably or invariably leads in a direction whose destination I do not know. It's like, it's like, it's like finding a signpost or like, I don't know, maybe find like a, like a message on like a stone tablet in the woods or something. I can revel in the discovery and like I found this great thing that no one else knows about. And then I have something to keep hold on to, or I read the message and it's telling me to like walk in this direction I've never been in. Well, there's no power in that. Right, because I'm I'm relinquishing that power by leaving the message behind and going where it's pointing to in a direction I don't know and haven't been. Nothing to bring with me because it's pointing me in a direction where I have nothing. And then do I walk that direction? Yeah, it's um it's 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 the cloud it's you got me thinking about the cloud of unknowing that the point the pointers like where would you where would you say the pointer is pointing to like as i'm thinking consciousness and the um the creative essence of being of unknown expression and energy and uh it can't be something i have or know or carry with me and I think that's why everybody always says, uh, or I guess all the teachers or gurus or all the people always say it's it's about eradicating, it's about examining and letting go, it's about seeing seeing where I've 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 placed thoughts and ideas on the world around me rather than that's hey dude that's the uh, the Course in Miracles dude the best exercise or not the best exercise one of the best quotes from there was if I had the it says basically if you had the ability to to let go of everything you thought and felt about yourself and the world around you. It would create itself for you and it would be better than anything you could ever possibly imagine. But like, that's not like, that's the, if that's the message and I read that and I go, Oh shit, I just got to keep repeating that in my head. Forget this, forget this, forget this, forget what I think I know. It's, it's still, I'm hanging on to the, I'm hanging on to the, the, the meat and I'm not into the bone of it. Is that probably what most people do? They, they encounter a message like that. Um, and then, you know, they eat the message like that. This is great. I can hold on to this and think about it and tell somebody else this. I know uh, that's what I that's that's what I did. I know I, I, I would just, I, I would, well, I did it for like a whole day. I just would remind myself for a whole day, but then, yeah, I would just try to hold on to it. Just keep repeating it to myself. Right. There's like a feeling of power in encountering something like that. That's why. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's why I could only get through 40 days of the book, 40 days of daily exercise. Because it became a ritual. It became every morning I'm going to sit up, I'm going to read this, and I'm going to practice this. And like we're describing, it just became became something static and something unalive.
I was thinking about the um so taking the message and following where it's going um you know and going in going in the direction of the unknown it's not the same as a you know that's that sounds like it's not actually like leaving behind everything I know because it's not, it's not taking me to this. It's not telling me to like, you know, fly to the moon or like go to a place I've never been actually. It's, it's, it's pointing me to this, like, yeah, it's it's about I get what you're, I think I get what you're saying. It's about accepting everything that you are. Like there's no way I can unlearn 34 years of life experience. It's all ingrained in the matter that makes up my brain and my consciousness. So none of this, none of this is pointing to anything I, that I don't know. Um, <laughs> so I, would, yeah. I would say, so it's not like, it's more like leaving behind the trust and thought and then replacing that trust in myself. Or um, for me, it seems to be, um yeah trusting myself in the sense of it's a part of myself that i can't see can't think about can't know but i know it's there and i have the sense that whatever needs to be worked out is being worked out on an internal level below the level of we're not necessarily rising to the level of conscious awareness um, that it's not a thought exercise that I'm decidedly leaving the mind aside for this effort now. Yeah. It's, it's un it's accessing the, the unconscious, unconscious potential of one spirit. I, I mean, you can't, you can't really describe it without using some, some form of mystical or psychological terminology, the anima, the animus, whatever you want to call it, it, but the, the potential that every, in my, in my, what, what I, what I seem to see is that every human being, the unbridled creativity of every single human being. Right. And it, and it manifests differently depending on the individual. And it can only be known, known by that individual. How do you access unbridled creativity? What, by, what you're, by what we're talking, by what we're saying, like the, uh, the unknown. Like it's, 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 it's a state of unknowing. Yeah, stop bridling it, right? Yeah, there's no bridling. There's yeah, stop. <laughs> yeah, you can't tr like you can't try to do it. Like I mean, you can, but that that's just part and parcel for whatever you're going to experience. There's I no, Yeah, there's no reason to because I automatically do it when I'm not 
trying to box everything up in an understandable package. Dude, it, listen, it's crazy. Melissa calls me this morning, dude. Angry as angry as shit, dude. Just pissed. She's like, why is it so difficult to find your podcast? Why, when I go to your social media profiles, there's no links? I'm seeing these 60-second videos. I don't even know it's a podcast. Blah, 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 blah. Just ramming into me, dude. And it was it was awesome. And I'll say uh, because six, five, six years ago, when, when I was really doing this, everything she was saying I needed to do, I was doing because I had thought myself into success. I'd literally come up with all the things and strategizes of how I'm going to make sure that there's something every single day so people can access what we're, what I'm talking about and what I'm trying to share. Like, I'm just going to do all the right things. And then I just, it's just dropped, dropped all of it because it was so much trying, so much thinking. And now I got Mel on the phone, basically setting my sails straight so I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> the, the judo of life. It's all the judo. What'd you say? Life judo. Yeah. <laughs> I can let someone else's energy carry me where. I don't know, wherever things need to go. And that's and that's what I think about. Like when you said, when you said um learn to trust myself, that's that's when I hear that, I when I think of self, I think of like all, like I think of all manifest it's you, it's Melissa, it's Eli, it's anybody, it's the dogs, it's it's every single time we're talking and then the internet disconnects and you go, Oh, that means I need to do something else. It's listening and paying attention to everything or not, not paying attention, but, but being open to, and I'll, I'll use this term, op being open to the will of the universe, Tao or God in your life, being open to the, the, that, and I want to actually ask you about that. That's really weird too, because I view the whole world kind of like smoke. Like it's all just this smoky, the material realm of things me you melissa all this stuff are kind of smokiness that's arising from a a core a stillness or a core unknowing log or fire or something and that doesn't make sense to me why why the, why whatever this consciousness is, is would play with itself through the smoke like, why would any of this stuff, why would it matter that Melissa was angry and, and offered some insight that I didn't need to do? Like, why, to me, this that doesn't make any sense. I've, I have absolutely no idea why. Like, yeah, it's... it's uh, I don't see things that way but the sense i have instead is that it's a it's a zero sum game in the sense that like any one movement is arbitrary nothing's actually moving you know no no change is taking place it's like um so yeah why does anything happen why does anything arise why does you know it's like pairs of um but antiparticles, like they pop into existence and then immediately annihilate each other. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that implies that there's something, I mean, another level, another, another dimension of being that that's, that's merely like to us, it's a nonsensical 
or arbitrary symptom. Um, you know, in this context, it makes no sense, but perhaps there's a greater context in which it, it's obvious, you know, where that's arising from or why it's happening the way it does. It's to me, I think that's spot on because it feels like it's a, it's a trick of the, it can, it can be a trick of the ego in the sense that it says that this, like the world is a blanket that's form fitting itself to you. And if I think I am someone, I start to think it matters. I start to think these things are, there's meaning or there's reason to any of it. And that's not helpful at all. It's way more helpful to like how you described it. To know that, to <laughs> which is wild, the space where there is no movement. The space of stillness. It's a paradox because, and I guess maybe that's what the yogis and like the Ramana Maharshis were able to embody, right? I have no idea. Me either. I think that's why I connect with Zen and Tao because it, because I, I guess there's like, um, I guess because it's like, it, it's both. I think it's a conditioning thing. Um, like, yeah, for some reason with Zen, I mean, there's no, unfortunately, like there's no Zen speakers that I'm aware of, like in the same way that like you can find like Muji, Adyashanti, Rupert Spira, like Krishnamurti. Well, Krishnamurti's kind of, kind of Zen actually. Um, yeah, he's like antimatter. <laughs> he's like yeah. a stick. He's like a walking beat stick. <laughs> so, but like, there's not really. I'm not familiar with any like Zen style masters that are putting out content like that. Pro probably because it would be. I don't know. I feel like they get a lot of fun out of it. They get a lot. Of I'll speak from the perspective of like a of a white person in America is it's it's too it's too clouded by the culture of zen to you can't they we're not seeing through the culture to to access the truth no way bullshit because advaita so is so damn popular and that's the most nebulous bullshit on the planet that is, <laughs> that, is that is so clouded by culture that not even the people of like of the culture seem to like understand it that's yeah that's true too <laughs> like we we latch on we seem to have latched onto that and totally misunderstood it as far as i can tell um but it seems to be extremely popular yeah. Um, so yeah explain that one like me yeah. with with zen it's not popular i would say because there's nothing there's actually there's the zen form on reddit which is the most awful place on the planet it's terrible it's people with opinions and ideas um Right. So like I was going to say, like in Zen, there's nothing to latch on to, but you can 
you can read the Zen stories and then imitate ancient Zen masters. And it's quite irritating to see that happen. But yeah, I mean, I see people, the only Zen, like I'm, I'm limited by what I've seen, but I, it's the same thing as the Advaita. I see people wearing the robes and, and moving in the way that a Zen monk should move and sitting the way a Zen person should sit. And it's like, that's not, I mean, it is Zen because you can't ever say something is not Zen, but yeah, I get, uh, the Advaita thing is interesting to me because that's, that's, well, that's also like, there's no way for us to really know anyway. No, uh, like, it's, it's kind of like what we were alluding to about being a real person. And, and I guess the, I guess the um, the caricature the caricature that you can fall into or that can create around that you can be created as as a caricature, without awareness of it. Like to be a real person is is to be actively engaged in unknowing. There's a level of there's a level of 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 like non-trust. Like that's the um I was okay, I was thinking about that after we said it is I don't know if trust trust you know trust yourself, trust myself is the right term because that that would imply something I know that I can trust. Um it's more like it's more like just not trusting thinking. And then when you're not doing that automatically, you assert yourself. If I'm not being led by thought, I'm being led by something. It's just that something is no longer being interfered with. And then it can shine through. Yeah, it gives it gives it an opportunity to express or manifest so yeah it's 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 about uh i can't remember the word for it but it starts with a c when you're 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 examining and your your brain is or your contemplation not contemplation it's um like when you consider when you consider the ramifications or consider what you're hearing or what you're seeing you don't accept anything as true you but you are cons conscientious i don't know i don't know the words i don't know what it's called You know that feeling when you when you want to know and you, and you think you can know, so your whole body and your brain is trying to dig into the recesses of what, yeah, and just yeah, watching isn't, that. isn't that going in the wrong direction? Yeah, yeah. So I you want to know something. Yeah, that's why it's that was there was that long silence is because I you just sweat it out. You just know that that you, it just needs to die. It needs to drop. Well, so, um, 
this is my favorite thing lately. Um, so if I want to know something, how do I go about finding out? Uh, don't we usually externalize the question and then sift through a bunch of thoughts or ask someone else in order to find an answer that we internalized? Um, or if it's just ourselves sitting, sitting somewhere and I want to figure something out, start thinking about it, right? Why do we need to externalize it at all? If the answer we're coming to is within us, all right, obviously, because if I'm asking myself a question, I'm waiting for myself to have the answer, right? And I, we externalize it first in this circle of thoughts. Like I produce the question, have a bunch of thoughts about it, go back and forth with thoughts and then arrive at an answer, which was already, you know, came, came from inside me, both the question and the answer do. So why can't we skip that middle step where there's all this dumb thinking? So that, but that, so you're describing what happens with you. I would assume that anyone could do that. Um, that the answer to, if you're thinking to yourself and the answer to your question, it comes from the same place as the question did, you know, it's, I, I believe it's the belief that I need something external to answer that causes me not to immediately answer it internally because I'm waiting on the answer to come through me through what I perceive as an external stimulus. So I don't answer the question immediately. That's well, that's that's why there's a difference between my time and the time. <laughs> you know? What do you mean? Like uh if I have a question, you know, and I want the answer, <laughs> you know, I wish I could have had I could I wish I could have been listening to what we've talked about this whole episode five years ago, dude. <laughs> I wanted these answers, goddammit. You know, like. So there's a difference between my time and the time. So like any sort of extra, I get what you're saying. Any sort of extra thinking that I do from the space of like, I have a question, so I'm going to think about that until I arrive at the answer that was already there Yeah, can be eradicated. Right. I think it's a simple process too, because you can just kind of work that out and see that that's true. And then that allows me the space to, basically have that trust in myself, not, not in myself, but like, I can just ask myself that question and know the answer. Do I need to actually think about all this stuff out loud to arrive at the answer? Who's asking the question that doesn't already know the answer? And that's why I think talking and expressing and sharing is. Uh... I next thought on tape. I know it cut, it cut, it cut mid thought. And I thought, and I think I can finish it. I was, I was well, the first thing, the word I was seeking came, came up on its own. Cherubindium. <laughs> continuum transfunctioner was the word. If you can access your continuum transfunctioner, <laughs> it's discernment. Doesn't start with a C. Didn't start with a C at all. Doesn't even have a C sound in it. In it. Mm -mm. Nope. 
but the but that muscle of discernment whatever that is i and i think that's that the muscle of discernment is the same muscle that listens or whatever the the listening muscle <laughs> whatever it is that moves your attention and shit yeah discernment is a great word i think that makes more sense than anything else yeah what is that <laughs> yeah, well what... it's actually the only only faculty we possess because like you can't you don't see you don't hear or feel anything in the sense that you know all, all that happens is you know a feeling you know a sight, you know a sound. There's not a sound, and then you go hear it. You know, there's not an object that you then go see, and there's the object. There's not a feeling that exists somewhere, and then you go feel that feeling. They arise immediately within your field of discernment. Whew. <laughs> yeah yeah like there's there's none of those things exist independently yeah yeah they're looping they're looping around the field of discernment i'm sure you could say like energetically or, or physically you know there are vibrations or whatever that are then perceived but yeah vibrations or light and there's always yeah and there's there's no instantaneous travel of light or sound like these things are moving there's latency to everything you just described like a ping pong ball there's there's latency physically um materially in the in the sense of a, a transfer of energy but experientially in Hearing a sound, seeing a sight, feeling a feeling, there is no latency. It's it's an immediate arising. And there is no seeing, hearing, feeling. There is just a discernment, a knowing. And we do we differentiate these perceptions really arbitrarily, because there's no difference between them either, because all there is is the knowing of these things. And I mean, if you really, I mean, if you go further, like this, the, you know, feeling this body and seeing um, something in the distance or whatever, like it's, there's no distance either there or difference between any of those perceptions. Me seeing a tree and feeling my hand, there's, there's not a qualitative difference in the perceiving. So there's not, there's the, the, the distinction, I guess, you know, the distinction between like body, self and external world, you know, is, is in that sense, experientially one of, you know, it's kind of an arbitrary mental divider framework. Um, but there's not, I mean, there's, there's no different i don't know i don't know i don't know if like so there is no space between those things is what you're saying yeah like when you i mean you know snap your fingers there's no there's no 
there's not first a sound, you hear the sound and then know the sound. It is an, it's, it's an immediate perception. And mm -hmm. that's, that's our actual perceptual um, mechanism. Like it's, it's an immediate knowing of anything that arises. And that, and that's basically the, you are that or the world as self. I don't know. I don't think it has to be anything. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just think about if, if the same, the same elements that make up the material realm are what make up my body, there's no real difference between me or anything or any, anything else. Everything is just this collaboration of um, elements and energies coalesced into this experience of being. Well, no, um, maybe the body and the brain, but experience or knowing itself, like right now, like, like, you know, notice, like, you know, look at your hand, you know, that, you know, your hand right now, you know, that, you know, you see it, right? That's clearly a phenomenon that exists, like knowing is present because I'm aware that I know my hand is here right now. What is that experience of knowing made of? Is that made of matter or elements or energy? Is that the muscle of discernment? Knowing itself. So I got knowledge. Yeah. Mm. Awareness. Is awareness made of anything? It clearly exists, but I don't think, just in my experience right now, I can't say that it's made of anything. <laughs> it's the one thing in experience that doesn't tally up with the makeup of anything else, essentially. Is, is, is awareness made of atoms? Does it even make sense to say that? Well, the science portion of my brain is telling me that the brain is uh, a neurosynapse system that there is no science portion for this because there's there's no do we do, have no idea what awareness is. At most, it seems to be a field arising from the brain, maybe. What is a field? What is that made of? It's a term for this negative space in our knowledge, essentially, which we don't know. Man. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that oh, that, oh, God, that reminds me, too. Um, in any given moment, like I mean, just right now, paying attention to yourself or looking for yourself, uh, I seem to be, rather than experience, uh, what I seem to be is a hole in experience. Like a void? No, just a hole in experience. 
if this is the experience I'm having, if I look for myself in it, there's a hole there. <laughs> like an emptiness? No, a hole in experience. What kind of hole are you talking about? Like a booty hole or like a, what kind of hole are we talking about? There's, there's an a W hole or it's, or it's this, it's, it's this absence and it's like, Where I am, there seems to be this hole in reality where nothing is, but the not not nothing in this not a void in the sense of like you have something and you have nothing, but it's totally beyond the bounds of the something nothing experience. I want to I want to read something and I want to know if if this is describing what you're trying to say. Okay. Okay. I'm going to look it up right now on Google because I think I know what you're talking about. Well, you can look right now. What do you mean? I, mean, I, I know the, the nothingness, the, it, I don't know if it can be described, like, but you're describing it. That's what, I, that's what I mean is like the only thing I can think of to reference what you're describing other than my, my own, I guess I, I can't wait to listen to this because that, I've had some visceral experiences with this unknowing you're describing this whole of uh, it's almost like a, like the way I pictured it is like a black hole and then everything around it is everything that, that ever is or was, but you're that you're that you're the, you're the, you're not there essentially. Yeah. To me, nothingness feels too like nebulous and vague. But a hole is very, very definite, yet, I mean, doesn't, it is nothing. I mean, yes, there's. It points to nothing. Mm -hmm. But I feel like nothingness has a lot of connotations and implications. Okay, so I'm gonna read. Uh, I'm gonna read what I'm thinking of. What you reminded me of. Okay, and and here's the question. And this is good for the listeners too, and for you. I want you to try to think. Uh, it's a uh, where's this from? I'm gonna read it. You tell me where it's from. Okay, here's the quote. My name is Patrick Bateman. I'm 27 years old. Um, oh shit, I fucked that up. I'm gonna fast forward. Yada yada yada. There you is an I give it away. I, I I did. That was you instantly know it's American Psycho. <laughs> no, there is an idea of a Patrick Bateman, some kind of a abstraction, but there is no real me, only an entity, something illusory. And though I can hide my cold gaze and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours. And maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable. I simply am not there. Um, that feels too advita for me. I just, I don't know about this whole, there's no person thing. Like that's just not what that's not the sense I get. It has nothing to do with person, not person. It's beyond that question. 
Yeah. And that, which is, which is funny because I don't believe the author of that, of this book had any, any engagement with Advaita at all. So that's, and to him, I feel like the author was trying to describe something horrifying. That's when I Googled it, it said it, the top phrase from the article it was taken from was the existential crisis. Yeah. So, and this is interesting. I noticed with like Lovecraft and a lot of, uh, I don't know, some of the similar authors I've read, like there seems to be this insight into kind of these spiritual concepts, but to them, it's a source of like utter horror, like the idea of not being emptiness, nothingness, the void beyond are these terrifying concepts. Yeah. Yeah. Because the social con, I mean, the, um, I mean, everything, I mean, like the undercurrent of our, of our culture and our society is rooted in, in Christian um, symbology. Right. And so the absence of light, the absence of, of, one's consciousness is in some sense <clears throat> held derived it's like the fear of death too it's it's one of the it makes absolutely no sense to fear something i will never experience so then you but then you look at death and you see death and you and you feel loss yeah, and we're, not, we're not afraid of death. We're afraid of losing all our shit. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because it's the ultimate... To me, death is the ultimate meditation. But like, like I would... To, what? I'm not talking about, like, for you. I'm just going to go up to someone on the street and ask them what they think about dying. What, what what about that? I'm saying people are afraid of the concept of death. Yeah. And I would and I would say if somebody isn't, have they really examined it? Because you can't know it. It it truly is the final ticket. Right. That's why I'm saying like it's. I feel like that's the end of the, um, like I'm saying, like, why would I be afraid of something I'm not going to experience? That the person who would be afraid of death is the one that dies. There's no one to be afraid of death and say that oh, I'm dead and now this sucks. Like the, the one who's scared of it is the one that perishes. It's wild. It's wild in moments like this and moments when I'm participating and engaging with what I feel to be in alignment with how I am. I don't experience the fear of death, but in moments when I'm tired or I'm caught up in the world or I'm caught up in what I think should be or what I want, death terrifies me. What about dying? It's just knowing that everything, everything will be, uh, will go away. Yeah. No Losing more Warcraft. No more Warcraft. No more That's talking to you. That's what I said. 
You're yeah. afraid of losing all your shit, not dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, also well, like smell, like breath. That's the thing that freaks me out when I when I start to really. I think about not breathing, and that freaks me out. Have you you're ever not breathing it? now. I know, but. But that's because I have access to breath. It's like if you ever it's if you're ever being choked out or you feel like you're drowning in a pool and you can't breathe, it's like the worst thing ever. Right. I think so. I mean, I would say there's a difference what we're talking about between psychological fear of death and then like the physical innate fear of something like not being able to breathe and all that. This is this that's it's an automatic, powerful reaction. Um the psychological fears i think is what we're talking about yeah yeah and that's that's what gets projected i think about just i hope it, it's not painful and that's yeah, why of course and that's extremely reasonable yeah like i don't i don't yeah it's not dying it's dying painfully dying slowly but then again that's just a fear of pain a fear of uncomfortable experiences not really anything to do with death at all is it even possible to actually be afraid of death? That's just an abstract concept. We can be afraid of nothingness, afraid of pain, afraid of loss. But to fear death, that does it, you know? <laughs> I, I don't listen, like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's any, any stone left unturned in this episode so far <laughs> like damn like i was always i was wondering when we were going to get to death because that's like the ultimate yeah why why do, yeah i don't understand i mean i don't think there's anything left to say about it like that's pretty much sums it up yeah you did you summed it up <laughs> it's all there <laughs> It's really not a deep topic. Man. <laughs> the thing I was going to say earlier before before it uh, the Zoom ended was in relation to what you were saying about earlier, which I can't remember now, but I was saying that's why it, that's why it's helpful to talk and to share and to express because the the less thinking I do about this or about it the higher likelihood that this or it has an opportunity to arise on its own like we were talking about how asking a question and then having all your thoughts to the answer to that question till you think your way to the arrival point mm -hmm. and then you arrive at the place you already knew Yeah, we're just trying to use external stimuli to access something that's internal. It's just yes. like really bad habit that's been ingrained into us, just like being happy, but being what okay, if, or whatever. What if you what if you play as if the external is the internal? And that's where the I guess the words as a form of magic or expression as a form of energy gives it gives gives an opportunity for life to play itself with you 
if it's all internalized in my head, there's no exchange with the the smokiness or the material of life as it expresses. But if I'm engaging with it and if I'm sharing and, and I'm moving and, and speaking, it creates a relationship. Oh, not even, I can't even say a relationship. I don't know what it is that it, that it does. I don't know. I can probably have a relationship without talking about all like the, the bullshit questions I come up with in my head. Like there's probably better. better. So anyway, like that playfulness you're talking about, it only works if it's a spontaneous arising and I'm not, Oh God, that's one that sounds so, um, erase that phrase that only works if I recognize it and it kind of arises on its own, like, you know, the desire to play and engage like that, but to yeah. say, okay, but like to go in at that with the intellectual idea, um, okay, well, I can see, just see the world as a game and I'm going to play it like that. Then you're not, it's not, that's not what you're doing. You're taking it seriously. And it's, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, this isn't something, this isn't def. this is definitely, I wouldn't say anything we've said is, is worthy of holding on to at all. The yeah. of this conversation you can well, literally forget it <laughs> Everything. Well, um hopefully yeah hopefully people do um and i was actually thinking like during that break i was thinking um one of the reasons i don't want to just throw this in the trash immediately is because i don't think we've said too much fluff like i think we've used the term stillness and maybe maybe loosely talked about a way of being without suggesting there's any steps to take and so i don't think we've committed any egregious crimes here <laughs> the jury's out on that one i don't know but like who would, who would test us to who would be able to check it well let's let's spend the let's spend the next 10 minutes talking about um peace um and the the true radiant nature that you are and <laughs> resting there and just be because yeah like let me tell you what you are you are you are peace you are <laughs> why would you, you do are that? radiant bliss why would you do that <laughs> i don't know go on like any fucking youtube video right now like with some kind of guru type speaker they'll yeah, spend 10 minutes filling your mind with ideas about how you should be that you're not right now <laughs> i feel like they don't realize they're doing it listen imagine a ball of light okay yeah <laughs> and you are that ball of light and everyone you've ever loved is in that ball of light <laughs> yeah but okay um here's the flip side to that that actually works if I've let go of ideas and are letting things settle internally. On I know, head. I know. That's what's so tricky. Right. Yeah. Everything you just said actually works. So I, Tracy was listening. Um, she listens to these meditations sometimes at night. There was one, it was last night. It was some kind of, you know, guided thing where kind of, you know, the guy's telling you all this stuff to be and all this kind of stuff. Um, but like listening to it without the mind, like internally, I can automatically vibe with, accept and be all that stuff like just relax and feel the peace radiating through your body they used to make me so angry <laughs> hearing that in guided meditations like oh fuck let me just do that real quick oh that's all oh i just had to feel the peace that's what i've been doing wrong for 20 years <laughs> it used to piss me off too man 
but now it's like now it's like a different different side of the coin i just hear that and there's no thinking or doing involved it can just happen yeah or not whatever it doesn't matter um i don't need it to this is the thing i don't need the i don't need the meditation to do anything but it's kind of nice to listen to like someone tell me that stuff sometimes because i can let them guide my mind to an interesting place yeah yeah i think that's why uh, i listen to music as much as i do it does that for me and also yeah i i also like i guess i picture i i, I kind of just when i'm i just kind of see so there's a there's a photo on my phone I saw from a while back because I was looking at all these all the old podcasts and it's like there's a picture of me with my arms out relaxing in a pool with sunglasses on with the sun just shining on me and mm-hmm. I'm just totally chilled out like in the pool and to me that's that is that is the way in which I see myself well I would like to see myself move through reality like basically do this priest to the extreme the dude abides constantly just in a pool of your own bliss a pool of your own enjoyment regardless of what may be occurring in the material realm it's like you're you're in a sauna or you're in a hot tub of yourself like you're just kind of chill like you're chilled out like it, anything could or couldn't happen but it, you're unbothered by it because you are in this in this relaxed open flow with the current like i used to think that you needed to be in a pool with the sun shining on you and sunglasses on to have that right it's not a result of the external conditions it isn't at all yeah and so when i like i was at a funeral over the weekend and like when I'm sitting in this beautiful house with all this awesome art and all these people I've known since I was born, just, and I'm, and I, the, I just, I walk in and I just go sit down right in the middle of the living room on a nice couch. And I just lean back and put my, cross my legs over the top and just kind of just soaked everything in. Like there, I don't have to, like the, the old ideas used to, I used to be so anxious in, the, in those situations because I always felt I needed to say something to someone or like, to say hello or thank you or anything, any of the social things that we're expected to do. And I just don't, I just didn't have any of that. I was just, I got to just exist in the space. Like I was in a pool or in a Mm -hmm. hot tub. It was way better. One One of the blockers to that experience is thinking I need to get in the pool in the sunshine (laughs) feel that and that's why i don't i won't feel that now for instance i have to wait till i'm in the pool first yes to what to rely on an external condition to stimulate the internal state i'm looking for this again why why do we have to go through this loop why do we have to externalize it first the mind inside wants to feel a certain way so it projects will outward to affect change on the environment hoping to cause a condition that will result in a stimulus that changes the mind's internal state 
if the mind wants to feel good, the mind is what feels good. Why does it first need to project anything outwards? So that's that's really that's that's really yeah. There's a difference. Yeah, the the and that's what's so interesting about the way we've set ourselves up on this planet is ideas, and and it's almost like mind mind is is all over everything, like it it orbits and influences behaviors at all times. There's there's this habit. There's a habit of depending on external stimuli, authority, like whatever. It's just a habit. But I think maybe it makes sense too, because it's easy to conf So um, thinking about like maybe powerful or memorable moments in my life, it's easy to like conflate the conditions with what was causing the internal state that I enjoyed at those times. And then naturally there's a repetition of the, in, the external conditions and then maybe a repetition of the internal state. And so like this illusory pattern forms where I think, oh, I need this, this, and this to create the conditions. Like I, I need this drug, this song, this car ride with this friend. This outfit. Um, yeah. yeah. This, this, this time of night, this party. Um, <laughs> this drug again. because it does a good job of giving you an uh, uh, an enjoyable internal experience right because it does like the external does affect the internal yeah but does do i have to give that power to the external and then kind of what put me on this thinking um that um or what led me there is just over and over seeing my internal state um match uh or rather not match the present conditions as it like feeling a certain way that i felt maybe 10 years ago all the time when i was doing this this and that um and then feeling that now and realizing okay if i'm feeling this now but none of those old conditions are present obviously this internal state has nothing to do those conditions <clears throat> that yeah that's there's a there's a bunch there i want to unpack the first thing that comes to mind is i had this feeling of of extreme like peace hope gratitude all the feelings i used to associate with the holidays and being at my grandma's house and it just occurred randomly last week it just was like i was like holy right. shit dude it right was, it was like uh so yes the other the other thing that that I want to dig a little further into is that exchange, like at some point, what works when you start to see that, like, oh, getting a kiss from a girl makes me feel good and that's good. So I'll keep kissing people or, you know, going to this party and having this type of liquor creates yeah. once, once uh, at a certain point, the, the external things stop working. And then you're, what, what you're saying is just to rephrase it is, your internal condition doesn't change with the external and, and eventually it actually the internal. Yeah. It, you, you get, I get more frustrated because my internal didn't change with the, external. yeah, that's true. Yeah. If I could recreate those conditions and then feel frustration instead, that again is evidence. That the internal state was actually not depending on the conditions. Yet that, but they did though, at the beginning. 
but it, it's just, it was a mistake. It was a, it was a coincidence more than a, a causal relationship. It I was, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a, it was a coincidence because it still has an effect, right? Like, external conditions can still affect your internal condition even today so i would say the effect that those conditions had was creating any kind of environment where i feel relaxed enough or like where i'm able to put down maybe my normal habits of thinking right i'm able to release the stuff that's covering up the state that I actually enjoy being in. But again, not necessarily, you know, it's not, yeah, it causes stuff. But again, like I'm saying, like I've, I've, um, I felt I've in, you know, completely sober. I felt like I was on mushrooms and acid, like one-to-one -one exactly. Like I've had those experiences. And again, to me that, wait a second, those states have nothing to do with the chemical. Those are internal states inherent to the mind, to the brain. And it doesn't, that the substance activate, activate it's the substance release something that revealed it rather than introduce something new that caused something. It's hard. It's, 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 it's hard to say, it's hard to say that because you've had prior experience with those things. Like I'm thinking of someone who hasn't ever had sex or someone who ever hasn't tripped balls. Would they be able to access the state that you're describing? I don't know. Like maybe that maybe the ability for that to occur was was uh, activated by actually participating in the external experience. I don't know. I have a feeling that. I don't know. I, 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 there's probably uh, millions of people who've never touched hallucinogens, but have had like really deep and tripped out mystical experiences. No, I think I think that's I think that they've been. I think that happens on a regular basis, actually, and we yeah. lock them up. Yeah. Instead yeah. of explaining, hey, uh, what's going on here is that we're in a totally material society without any any framework to explore spiritual experiences in. And so we're just going to call you crazy and you're flipping out right now because you've never been taught anything that might be useful in navigating the experience you're having. We're going to, <laughs> we're going to sedate you and lock you away until you suppress all this and go about being just a regular Joe. And you better be happy going to the office every day or you know, something's wrong with you. <laughs> they live. We did it. Thanks, psychiatry. Oh, Shit. Oh man. Good app. Yeah, we went around the world with this one. Oh fuck yeah. I guess that's it. We're done. Call it a that's I mean, it. We're retired. No more. Yeah. That's all we're gonna do now. Mm. <laughs> yep, nothing left to talk about ever. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Case closed. <laughs> we can come back next day or the next week, and then we'll be able to say all this stuff again in completely new terms. 
we'll use different examples. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about what it's like to talk about what it's like to talk. <laughs> no, we'll have an ex we'll have an, just a new experience. I'll have a new experience with it. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Same. I'll, I'll experience it from a totally different angle and realize everything I said this week was bullshit, which I already know it is. <laughs> yes, I'm not. That's another thing. Like, I'm not. It's easy. It's easy to release this stuff now because I know it's going to be. It's instantly irrelevant. <laughs> Almost like it. yeah, it's like who gives a shit? It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I used to think this stuff mattered. I used to think this stuff like was important. <laughs> made some very definite statements um while we were talking and i i know that it could be a week or maybe even two weeks but at some point between a week and two weeks it'll i'll see something completely different <laughs> said that. yeah yeah it's i i love your analogy it's like putting a mark on a boat that points to an island but the boat's always moving so the mark yeah. never never actually and then you, yeah and then you got people jumping off the boat into the water trying to find the <laughs> island <laughs> oh oh man